Welcome to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. And I'm Pastor Margaret Michael. And today, Pastor Margaret and I are joined by Morgan Pangle. Morgan, how are you doing today? Good. I'm doing well. Doing well. It's good to have you. And uh, Morgan is here to share his testimony today and uh, what God is doing in his life and how God is using him. Uh, Morgan, just start off uh, telling us about where you're from and about how you grew up. So I'm originally from Nelson County, Virginia, and I moved to Waynesboro, and I really, I bleed Waynesboro purple and gold at heart, but I am from Nelson County, Virginia, and I grew up with uh, mom and dad. We moved a couple times, but we finally settled somewhere, and um, I just, I don't know, I grew up loving Legos, which was pretty Mm -hmm. cool. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. I remember um, playing with Legos too. And I, I would say I had a childhood that was filled with joy from like Nerf guns and things like that. But the things that transpired between mom and dad was definitely was rough. So you know how I grew up. I didn't grow up in a Christian home, um, which was you know pretty evident by the way I, <laughs> the way I reacted to some of the things that happened later in life. But I just, it was not a Christian home, but I still, I had a childhood that still was filled with childhood pleasures. So I grew up, like every other child, it was just a little more difficult at times. Morgan, uh, thank you uh, for sharing that. And you mentioned, you know, that you didn't grow up necessarily in a Christian home, which maybe made it a little more difficult um, with some of the stuff that you faced with your parents. Uh, Would you like to share um, about some of those difficulties or uh, some of the things that you experienced in your childhood that are not normal for most children. So growing up, it was very difficult being a kid to watch uh, my father speak very um, aggressively down on my mother. Uh, there was a lot of mental abuse going on in the house, and that was caused by my father's drug abuse. Not at the time, was not as bad, but prior to my birth. And, you know, his rough upbringing had caused him to have suppressed, you know, anger and just vengeance in his heart and not being a Christian. You know, he had not, you know, experienced forgiveness and Mm -hmm. experienced the light that, you know, opens our hearts up. So he, you know, he aggressively took that out on my mom, who was a Christian, and he would ridicule her for that. And that was just difficult. I can remember lots of times having to hide in my closet as, you know, they fought and he would scream and yell and, you know, try to bring me to his side. And there was a lot of manipulation going on and a lot of struggles just happening. And sometimes I couldn't sleep at night because of the arguing or it would even make it into my dreams. Mm. Uh, the physical abuse kind of subsided when my brother started to come over more often, but the mental abuse was just was the same. And the worst part was definitely putting me against my mom and my mom and I were definitely, you know, the closest I've ever been with a human being. I can say up to this point, um, just because I, you know, just seeing her go through that and just, you know, her being my mom, it was just, you know, it it was very difficult, um, seeing her go through that. So it was definitely difficult at times when I'd go to friends' houses and, you know, there wouldn't be a lot of that going on. And even when I had friends over, there would still be, you know, minor things like that going on at my house. And it was just, it was embarrassing on that front, and that's why I never really invited anybody over because mm-hmm. even though my dad had a great time with those kids and would set up activities and stuff, he couldn't always keep that anger within him, and mm-hmm. he would take it out on my mom or me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was definitely difficult growing up. And, um, you know, growing up, I'd only been to church twice before I started attending HFCN when we were brought up here. And, um, uh, that yeah, so I remember that. So I really, there was, you know, the idea of God in my life wasn't that prevalent 
having taken an interest in history, I even started thinking about, I was like, hey, maybe Zeus is real. You know, that would be cool. And I just think back to then just, you know, just the, just how little of an impact, you know, that religion and Christ they had had in my life just based off the family situation I was in. Yeah. Wow. You know, thank you for sharing that. I know that's painful to go back and relive and... I just applaud you for being willing today to kind of, we're not going to end on a sad note, uh, that what keeps coming to my mind, Morgan, as you talk is the same phrase over and over has went through my brain, and it's, but God. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that you came to Harrisonburg First Church, and I remember that day when you all walked in. Mm-hmm. It's just ingrained in my mind, and uh, your mom came in wearing a turban, mm-hmm. and I have worked with quite a few cancer patients in my life, and so that's what my mind went to that day. It was like, I wonder. And it wasn't long until I began to hear a little bit of her story. Can you talk to us a little bit about what was that like coming into church and hearing about God? So, like I mentioned before, I had only been you know to church twice before mm-hmm. coming to HFCN. Um, and those experiences with, with my mom, you know, when we could get away, and they were up at uh, Tinkling Springs in Fishersville, mm. um, which was my mom's home church, you know, when she was raised in the area. So that was nice for her to get away, and you could really see the influence it had on her, which, you know, made a little mark on me about the power that just worship had. So when we came to HFC, and I didn't know what to expect, I had remember we had visited um, a few weeks prior, I had met um, someone in the well. It may have been Pastor Margaret. I'm going to be honest. I wasn't paying attention. I was reading a book. <laughs> how old were you? I, 11 or 12. I don't remember when we visited how old I was, but I was young, and I was reading a book, and you know, I didn't want to get involved with it. You know, I really didn't like talking a whole lot about serious matters because I always ended up going back to arguments and things. Mm-hmm. So I was reading a book. I wasn't paying attention. You know, I could care less about where we really were. <laughs> and... You know, when we first came here again, I was like, all right, and we coming here again, like for real? Like this place is out of the way. This place is 45 minutes away. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this is kind of wild. But when we came here, you know, the first thing I realized was just how big the congregation was, you know, and how many people I saw were just, you know, arms up in worship. And, you know, I was like, are they raising their arms in front of people? That's kind of embarrassing. Like, what <laughs> they, they look kind of like, they're kind of foolish doing that. Um, and I can tell you this day, that's what I do every Sunday. <laughs> but <Right. laughs> but uh, back then, I was thinking that was so foolish, and, you know, it was weird. And honestly, the first service, my whole mind was getting a Lego because I was like, man, it's, you know, right after Easter, I didn't get my Easter presents, so I really want this Lego. But then, you know, as the service went on and on, you know, the more and more I listened, and the more and more I enjoyed the music that was being presented, and that really captivated me. I've always loved music growing up. My dad did, too, and that was something positive I took away from our relationship mm-hmm. was music. And... You know, I really noticed that during the service, and it kind of started to draw my attention away from the material things I'd always tried to comfort myself with, like Legos and, you know, Nerf guns and, you know, McDonald's. It mm-hmm. kind of took the focus away from that and kind of just let me, you know, have hope in something greater than my own belief for once, mm-hmm. uh, my own ambition to get out of it. I, I, it was, there was a greater belief I could have in something, and that was, you know, that really, it really touched me. But I mean, going there, you know, it really did feel like um, it was something new, and I was glad to be there with Dad mm-hmm. and when with Mom. And that was just the first time going was such a new experience for me, mm-hmm. but it was something I genuinely enjoyed, you know, despite the 45-minute drive. <laughs> it right. was something I genuinely enjoyed doing. Yeah, very good. So you came a few times, and then do you want to just share a little bit, like what kind of transpired in that? following year i'm remembering a few things but i want to hear from your perspective 
Um, and my memory may be, I, I, and to be honest, some of it I'm trying right. to block out a little bit, but some right. of it I am completely open about. You know, we kept going and kept going. And then, you know, I can remember, um, and, you know, dad's sister, my aunt Carol, who still goes here, mm-hmm. she helped us along a lot with that journey. And her and dad hadn't talked for so long because, you know, he believed she was a blabbering fool for being a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, finally brought up here, you know, he, you know, kind of, you know, succumbed to the, um, you know, just to all the worship going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when uh, dad was diagnosed with cancer and, you know, they told him, they were like, you know, you, you, you know, it's terminal, you know, you're, mm. you know, you're going to pass away here soon, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which is not the greatest news to hear after hearing mom had the same thing. But, right. you know, he really, I guess, you know, kind of came to the realization that there was something greater out there that had been calling him his whole life that had been, you know, you know, the Holy Spirit had been groaning inside of him his entire life, just trying to burst out of his heart. And he kind of finally just let that go. Um, every you know, every time I see people today go up to the altar um, and get caught up there and just kneel and pray, I think of when Dad did that and just went up there by himself. You know, something he really wasn't comfortable with. I didn't think he just went up there and prayed. His face was red. He was crying, and he wasn't one to cry um, a whole lot. I mean, this is a big six four, you know, six five, you know, Scandinavian descent, you know, large guy, always lifting. Um, so I just you know was not used to seeing him get that emotional over that. That was honestly the first touch I, I, you know, I was like, wow, that's an impact I haven't seen anything have on dad. You know, mm-hmm. not drugs, not, you know, relationships. And I haven't seen, you know, not even time with like at Bush Gardens. I haven't mm-hmm. even seen, you know, that have that kind of effect on dad to where he just laid it all down and just, mm-hmm. and gave up his, you know, you know, his hard heart. Um, and then it was a few services later, it's, it, again, that time frame is always a little issue. Yeah. Pastor Kerry, Dad and I got baptized together, mm-hmm. um, and that was just that was revolutionary. And I remember, you know, I was like, I can't swim. Is this going to be all right? And Dad was like, I can't swim either, you know. And, I, <laughs> and he went down, and it was all cool. I went down, and I distinctly remember grabbing my nose and puffing my cheeks and, you know, going down to make sure I didn't drown. And <laughs> Pastor Kerry was like, you'd be all right. And I was all right, but I was better than all right, honestly, because I, you know, I felt that I had truly, you know, after being baptized, I just felt like I had undergone a transformation that mm-hmm. was so divine that it, it, you know, it just lead me on a path that would help me, you know, cope with these things. Yeah. And then um, mom and dad passed away the following October and December, mom and October, dad in December. And um, that was a difficult time for me. Um, I was living with my brother at the time and Pastor Margaret came over to bring me the news. Mm. I remember I was coming home yeah. from... I forgot what I was at the library, I believe, at the library doing something, watching videos, reading, doing whatever. Um, we didn't have internet at the time, so I had to go there for internet. But I remember Justin picked me up, my brother Justin, um, and he was like, hey, you want to get some Ciro's, you know, local pizzeria? I was like, heck yeah, I loved Ciro's, <laughs> loved Ciro's. And we got some, and I was like, wow, this is great. We never get Ciro's. Um, and then roll up to the house. I'm like, whose car is that? He's like, oh, don't worry about it. And we get in there, and Pastor Margaret's just sitting there. And, like, before, like, anything can happen, I just, like, rushed to my room because I knew mm. exactly what happened. Yeah. I, I remember I just stared at my video games for, like, I don't know how long. I just stared at them thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, I regret to this day not even going out there and talking to Pastor Margaret because, like, I felt bad. <laughs> you know, she came up there, and I didn't even say anything. I feel kind of bad. <laughs> but oh, don't ever feel bad for that. <laughs> I would just wanted to be present that night and be there for support, but... I would have run past me too. You did what you should have done. <laughs> but with, I, I mean, I knew without a word what had happened, yeah. um, and you know that was that was difficult. And that kind of opened a new chapter to my life, where I, you know, I no longer had, you know, mm. 
I didn't have parents anymore. Um, and that was a reality that wasn't really helped by the kids at school being like, I oh, mean, you know, parents, I'm sorry, man. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't imagine that. I love my mom and dad. I'm like, yeah, thanks. thanks. Appreciate it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it was something a lot of kids I would, you know, don't deal with is the loss of, of both parents. Um, just in a short, in the year 2012, the short span of time that, you know, I did. Um, and that began a new chapter in my life that began with darkness, but mm. has now led to, you know, an unbelievable, you know, light that has blinded me from the darkness and has opened up new pathways. You know, it's pretty amazing as I think back on that and just looking maybe with different, I don't know, hindsight 2020, um, you see, you look back and see things clearer a lot of times than you can in the midst of them. And just seeing the grace of God to bring them here, to bring your parents and you here and I remember the day that you all were baptized, and I'm so grateful, Morgan, that you have that memory of you and your dad going in the same tank of water. And that was huge for you to be able. At the time, we didn't know how big that would be, but it became something that was foundational in your faith. So thank you for sharing that, and it was painful to share. And there may be people listening today that um, have been through some pretty tough things, and maybe you've even lost a parent. And today, I believe that they're leaning in to hear how you coped with that. Um, it was dark, but you're already saying, hey, there's more light in my life now because of mm. all of that. So, Grayson, you might have a question that you want to ask Morgan. you over there thinking. So, Well, uh, as I was listening to you tell uh, those very painful <laughs> memories, Morgan, and those hard things that you had to go through um, that I can't imagine and a lot of people can't imagine. But I was thinking about hope and seemingly hopeless circumstances mm. and about how it sounds like God used some hard situations, particularly in your dad's life, to bring him to the Lord and maybe even to bring some restoration and you're in his relationship. So uh, anything that you would like to share, you know, currently that lets you know that the gospel is the good news through all this hard stuff that you've dealt with in your life with both your parents passing away within a couple months of each other and uh, you know some of the other hard stuff that you had to deal with. And we said, but God, uh, we're thankful that he brought you and your family to this church and that dad had a chance to baptize you and your dad and Pastor Margaret had a chance to minister to you and to your family. So anything that you would like to share that has to do with hope and the good news and seemingly hopeless circumstances. Well, <laughs> I'm for one, um, you know, a believer that hardships are given by God, you know, to help bring us closer to him and to mature our souls. I recently did a Bible study, a devotional on this, um, just studying, you know, how God used um, struggles and temptations in the lives of many of the authors of the books in the New Testament to just, you know, guide them back to the light, even mm -hmm. when it seemed that they were becoming more Pharisees than they were believers. And, you know, that's just, I think that's pretty incredible. And, you know, hope is a word that a lot of people don't associate with the beginning, you know, of, you know, my life. They'll... It's kind of astonishing sometimes, you know, to people when they, you know, they see, you know, how passionate I can be. But I, you know, I tell them, you know, the hope isn't through me. The hope isn't through my friends, you know, my family, although that certainly helped, you know, but the hope is through Christ. And, you know, Christ alone has given me, you know, the hope to go forward in life despite everything I've gone through because, you know, I'm not sure that without the hardships, 
you know, dad and, you know, I faced if, you know, he would have come to Christ or if I would have, you know, ended up coming to Christ as, you know, as soon as I did, which I'm grateful for because I've been able to spread it to some people I've gone to school with. And that's just, you know, that's great. And I'm just thankful that, you know, God puts different seasons in my life. Um, so that I can learn, I can adjust, and I can keep working on, you know, my relationship with him and my relationship with others in accordance to him. And I just, you know, I thank God so much for that. I, I always keep to the belief that, you know, there's so much more than what is here on this earth. Yes, hardships have been faced. Everyone faces hardships. But what God has in heaven for us, the endless and bountiful love is, you know, it cannot be compared to anything here on earth. Um, even, you know, when you get a couple extra McDonald's French fries in the bottom of the bag, which Mm -hmm. is awesome. Mm -hmm. That doesn't even compare to the joy that we will receive um, when we get to heaven, which is wonderful. And that really is one of the biggest things that keeps me going. Mm -hmm. But, you know, another thing that has brought me through all this hardship and struggles um, that God has done is just the working he's done in my life. You know, what he's done in my life, I mean, you know, having grown up in an abusive family and struggling, you know, at one point I was like, should I even go to school anymore? Should I even do this and that? I wrestled with that so much. But yet, you know, I graduated high school with a 3.7 GPA, um, near the top of my class, you know, numerous awards. Margaret came and spoke for me, um, which is wonderful. And God just, you know, worked in my life so much to bring me out of that gutter and help me flourish in the environment I was in, which didn't seem possible at the time. It literally seemed impossible from where I was, you know, living with my brother in a, you know, a lower income home and in a lower income area, you know, to, you know, come out where I was and, you know, perform. And I, you know, I had some hiccups and struggles, but all of that just, you know, brought me closer to my goal of achieving, you know, getting back in that academic standard I had set for myself. And God helped me so much to that. And I've had relationships in life, um, you know, I've struggled with some certain things, but God has helped me through all of it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not one to believe in something, really, unless I can see the work done and I can fully see the work that God has done in my life. There are so many things in this world that, you know, shouldn't happen that do. And, you know, I recall an incident after graduation. Um, it was the day I graduated high school, and I would th- I would say at the time, um, I was wrestling with a lot of things you know, about college and financial situations, and some of it had redirected my focus to you know my life instead of you know God. And um, that night, I was involved in a serious head-on collision with a bigger truck, and I was in a small 2003 Toyota Corolla, um, real compact. Mm. It was <laughs> saved me though, but you know it did a good job. But um, you know, I was really I was bruised up, I was battered up, and you know the doctors were like, "Wow." You know, we're not really sure how you're alive or even, you know, pretty unscathed. I mean, you're injured, but to what you could be injured, you know, it's pretty remarkable. And I was like, wow, you know, that's just, you know, that's God. Um, that's incredible. And then what was even, you know, what was wild was at church the next week here at HFCN. Um, Pastor Kerry was preaching on, I think it was, it was miracles. That's what it was, but it was not miracles in the sense of finding like a million dollars. It was miracles in the sense of how we're brought back to God. And one of those things was like a rapid, quick event that, you know, seemed bad at first, but then brought us back to God. And that was exactly what that accident was because I, before I had been going away from it and then I had been brought right back to just praising him and thanking him. Um, and that was the message that Pastor Kerry preached that Sunday. And that was just just seeing that God just tied that all together and just knowing that that power was within me um, just w- was great. So just um, wrapping up the hope, just the idea that, you know, hardships in life can be tough. A lot of people know that. I know that. But God uses hardships in life to bring us closer to him 
And it's always important to remember that there's so much waiting for us when we get to heaven and that life on this earth sometimes may seem hopeless, but the hope that God has instilled in us, the hope that our Creator has instilled in us by sending Jesus down to live our life and to die on the cross for our sins, the fact that He sent His own Son down just shows the hope that He has and the hope that He's given us to go on in life and fight through it and fight through it. Um, you know, Jesus went through a lot, and God knows that we can go through it too and get to heaven. He'll never give us more than we can take. Mm-hmm. So he knows that we're not strong enough, and he will take our burdens. So and just wrapping it up, it's just important to understand there's so much waiting for us and that things in this life may seem tough, but God's never going to give us more than we can handle. And when he does give us struggles, it's just to bring us close to him. We have a benevolent God, even though some think that, you know, why did God do this? Why did God do this? It's everything God does is a reason. Everything God does, he has a plan. And it's just so important to remember that as we go on in life, the struggles we face are just ways to bring us closer to him. And my dad is a a testament to that, and I am as well. Yeah. Thank you. It has been amazing, uh, Morgan, just to to see you um, flourish and not to give up into despair, that it's been powerful. I can look back and say that was a, a really hard time to walk a family through. And I've, you know, kind of kept my eye out there. I've, you know, we haven't stuck in close relationship all through your teenage years, but I always um, had you on my heart. And just to see how you at such a young age have been able to lean in and believe that God is who he says he is and continue to seek. And, you know, we have those moments when we have struggles. We all do. Um, but to know that we can come back and God gives us the strength. He's a forgiving God, and he gives us what we need um, to move forward. He doesn't put anything on us that we can't handle mm. without him. There's some things we might say, I could never do that, but then through Christ we can, mm. right? And um, so now you graduated from high school, and you're in college. <laughs> Tell us about that. College, wow. Um, so college, wow. Um <laughs> Again, couldn't tell you I think I'd be here seven years ago, but through God, I am here. Um, so going to Bridgewater, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So going to Bridgewater College, it you know, has meant a lot to me, the friendships I've made on campus through God, especially with the Christian groups on campus. When I first came to Bridgewater College, I can tell you I was overwhelmed by the temptations that the free mm-hmm. life of college had to offer. Mm-hmm. Not free, of course. College is very expensive. Right. But <laughs> the freedom college had to offer. Yes. Um, the beautiful women that college had to offer. The ability to go out when I wanted college had to offer. The easy access to substances college had to offer. Um, the easy access to parties. The temptations of just everything being so easy access. Mm-hmm. And it seemed that at times God wasn't easy access. Those temptations mm-hmm. weren't easy to avoid. But God put me through that season in my life, I know, um, because when I got to college, I struggled with all that, and I made some relationships I shouldn't have. Mm. Um, I always say, you know, I want to honor God with my entourage, um, mm. and, I, and I didn't um, when I first came to college, and I can you know, testify to that. Uh, it was definitely um, a struggle for me. Yeah. But now, I, you know, I would say I'm flourishing right now in college with grades, and you know my relationship with Christ because God brought me through all that, and I saw all that through physical relationships and you know the offerings of you know drugs and parties and all these material things that mm-hmm. exist on earth. None of that can compare. I was still left sitting in bed on nights, depressed, crying. You know, there was no. They brought no satisfaction. Yeah, for five minutes satisfaction, but I was flirting with temptation, mm-hmm. and temptation just kept pushing me away. Um, it brought me in, but 
it didn't really offer me anything useful. So, you know, I got connected with a couple guys on campus, um, uh, Christian Group Crew, with, um, Campus Crusade for Christ, which I'm now very involved in. Um, and they, you know, they had similar stories. Um, some seniors, juniors, and some sophomores I was just being friends with, and God just brought me to them. And, you know, we started to talk and hang out, and I just, you know, learned more and more and straight away from the temptations. The more I hung out with them, mm-hmm. I started getting more involved on campus, trying to spread the word. And the more I tried to spread the word, the more the Holy Spirit worked inside of me to push the gospel inside of my heart mm-hmm. and just fill me with those ideas of love and joy and compassion. And, it's just that it was wonderful, and college has been such a great experience for me so far because God, I don't know, you know, God brought me through those struggles again, and I was like, oh my goodness, another trial, and you know, another trial, another struggle, you know, another season of my life that I don't think I'll get out of, and I did, and I'm a much, you know, I'm so closer to God because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, putting in those real-life situations and realizing that they weren't for me, you know, has made me so much stronger. And that's just what I really take away from my first year of college is that I got all that out of the way, that trash, that garbage, that materialistic living. And, you know, now I really, you know, I'm involved in so much on campus when it comes, you know, to following Christ that my mind doesn't even have time for that anymore. I'm looking to Christ every step I can in class with my friends. And, you know, I even take time to go to a life group on Tuesdays at Pastor Margaret's house, which is wonderful. And it's just I've been, I've really filled up my plate with mm-hmm. things that lead me back to Christ. Yeah. And Christ has presented these opportunities at such opportune times for me that I'm able to spread my influence. I talk a lot, as you guys probably can tell. Um, <laughs> I've been able to spread my, you know, my talent of talking and my influence to others who face similar struggles you know, as I do. So, uh, again, for example, tonight I'm leading a Bible study, and I'm basing it actually around Pastor Adrian's forgiveness message she mm. did. I'm not copying, of course, but I'm basing it around that, <laughs> you know, and I'm leading that tonight in front of a group of guys. And this is the first time doing that for me. And that's, you know, I've been praying about it nervous, but mm. just seeing that I now have the opportunity. I've been placed with the responsibility of just leading some guys into worship and just, you know, trying to touch their hearts. Has, you know, really seen how far I've come from beginning college in August to now where I am here in March. That's just all of God's work in college. You know, grades are pretty solid, I would say, so far. Thanks to God keeping me out of those situations. Uh, the food is okay, but again, always blessed to have it. Um, but the food definitely be better. <laughs> um, but the fellowship on campus is excellent, and I'm just really enjoying my college experience so far. When in the beginning I thought I wouldn't, thought I was going downhill, I've really enjoyed it. Well, Morgan, thank you uh, for sharing that, and uh, thank you for joining us today. Is there anything else that we haven't asked you already or that you haven't shared already that you would like to share in closing today? I would just really just like to mention that I'm just blessed to be part of the church that I'm part of right now, um, Harrisonburg First Church. I'm just so glad to be part of it. And, you know, I owe it. God has, I didn't start going here as soon as mom and dad passed away. I went to another church and I was uh, taken there by um, Don and Gary Haney, who are, you know, wonderful people. They're my um, second cousins and they are wonderful people. And they really are an integral part of my testimony, just bringing me closer to God, just picking me up for church every day and keeping me accountable for going to church and just picking me up and getting me involved in things. And their son, Josh Haney, getting me involved with things. And when he moved, it was a hard time for everyone. But when he moved, we moved churches um, because he was no longer at the church that he pastored at. He was in Pennsylvania. So we moved up to HFCN um, after trying some other churches first. Um, And, you know, HFCN has been wonderful. They still go here. I still go here. And it just has touched my heart so much. Just, you know, the church I've been at has really influenced so much in my life because even in a hard 
six days of the week that I know that seventh day I can come here and worship and just lay everything down, you know, in front of, you know, the Lord and just the worship we have. And it's just an excellent here. So I just wanted to just, um, you know, thank uh, Don and Gary Haney just for the wonderful impact they've had in my life, just bringing me closer to God and doing what they could. So in closing, I just want to encourage everyone listening to this. If you're going through a struggle, a season, a trial, or a temptation right now that it seems like you can't get out of, I've been there. Pastor Margaret's been there. We've mm-hmm. all been there. But God puts us in these situations to not only bring us closer to Him, but help loosen our hearts up so that we may understand the struggles of others and bring them mm-hmm. to God. You know, just really quickly before we close, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, Morgan, but the last time I went over and had a visit with your dad, a scripture came to my mind and I just wanted to read it to him. So I felt like it would be very comforting out of Psalm 23. And I read, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. And in that moment, I stopped because it didn't feel like your dad had everything he needed because he'd lost his wife. He was losing his life. He had lost all his earthly things. Mm -hmm. And I struggled in that moment. And I really prayed about that. And my friend gave me a devotional like the next day. And that was the first scripture that I read in that devotional. And you know what? The Lord is my shepherd and he is all that we need. And your testimony today is such a testament to that scripture that he is all we need. He is our everything. And today your dad is in the glory of God and he has all that he needs. There was some earthly things that he was losing, but God had given him everything that he needed, and that was salvation. And one day, you all will be together again, and I'm so grateful that you have that great hope to look forward to. Thanks again for joining us, Morgan. I've really been inspired uh, hearing your testimony today. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. Pray that uh, Morgan Pangle's testimony has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless.